Thank you for listening to this teaching from Kingdom Discipleship. This teaching will be over Psalm 1. Why do I believe what I do? Because it says it in my Bible. We believe what we do because it says it in our Bible. Let's dive into this teaching and determine how we can live our lives more like the man who's described here in Psalm 1. Good morning. We're going to be talking today about Psalm 1. Psalm 1 has six verses. The emphasis on the psalm is going to be placed right on the Word of God, on the Bible. Many of those listening today may have not yet gotten to a point where they really understand the power of the Bible. Um, and what the Bible is. In uh, Matthew 4, verse 4, Jesus declared, human beings don't live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Woman does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And what Jesus is saying in in Matthew 4, verse 4, is that physical food is not alone what sustains us, but the Word of God sustains us. The Bible feeds our spirit, and it, it helps us to grow. It helps us to have a deeper relationship with Jesus. It helps us to walk with Him more intimately, and and it's really the the handbook for life of how we're supposed to live. We look into the Bible and we're taught what to believe and we're taught how to live. I was teaching in Africa and I had asked the people, why do you believe in Jesus? And they would give various answers. But there really is one foundational answer as to why you believe in Jesus. There's a lot of things he's done in your life. He's changed your life. He's your Lord. He's your Savior. Uh, he's loved you. But the primary reason that you and I believe in Jesus is because it says it in our Bible. Why do you believe Jesus died on the cross for you? Because it says it in your Bible. Why do you believe that he was raised from the dead? Because it says it in your Bible. Why do you believe your sins are forgiven? If you put your faith and trust and confidence in Jesus and ask him to be the Lord of your life, because God has given his word, it says it in your Bible. The Bible is the word of God. It claims to be the word of God. So with that in mind, um, Father, we do thank you for this time. We thank you for your mercy on our lives. And Father, we thank you for the word of God. We thank you for our Bible. We thank you that we have a Bible, Father. We cannot imagine a word, a world without our Bible. Father, we just love you. We thank you and praise you. We ask you to open our hearts now as we look into Psalm 1. And I, we ask you, Father, to help us to be a, a Psalm 1 man. Father, help us to be a, a, a man or woman, Lord, um, that our delight is in our Bible. And in our Bible, we meditate 
day and night, Lord. Um, we love you and we thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Psalm 1, it has six verses. I'm going to go ahead and read it. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, or stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of mockers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither, whatever he does prospers. Not so the wicked, they are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Verse 1. You see a pattern in verse 1. We see a pattern of how, of how sin works in verse 1. Look closely at verse 1. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, or stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of mockers. Walk, stand, or sit. We see a pattern for sin here. In the beginning, we may be distracted by, by certain things that aren't of God, certain things that are sinful. And in the beginning, we may just we just may walk around it, so to speak, right? You may be walking around um, some ungodly people, and you may, may, you may walk by, and you may look at it, and you may think about it, but you don't stop. It says, blessed is the man, and this means man or woman, who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked. So you don't listen to ungodly people talk about ungodly things. You don't take ungodly counsel to do ungodly things. Blessed is the man or woman who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked. So you don't entertain it. You don't walk in it. You don't walk by it. You don't listen to it. You, you stay far away from it. You don't even entertain the counsel of the wicked. And when it says wicked here, it means those who have not received Jesus Christ as their Savior, who do not have a, a biblical worldview, who are not living according to the Bible but according to the world and their own desires and their own ways. Um, now, there are many people who have received Jesus as their Savior and still walk in this way. Many of us still have many issues in our life where we're not walking according to the counsel of the Word of God. But this says, blessed is the man, man or woman, who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked. We should not ever even begin to receive any type of counsel from those who are not getting it from the Word of God. Any counsel we get that's contrary to the Bible, contrary to the Word of God, contrary to the heart of Jesus, is not of God. It's sinful. You don't even want to walk in it. You don't want to walk by it. Now notice how it says that this man does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners. In the beginning, we're, when we start entertaining certain aspects of ungodliness, certain aspects of sin, we just start walking in it. We start walking around it. We may walk by it, so to speak. But then the more we do that, we may get comfortable standing in it. You see a progression. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand 
in the way of sinners. The more we walk in something or walk by something, the easier it will be to stand in it. The more we practice a particular act of ungodliness, the more we do something wrong, the more a particular sin we indulge in, the easier it gets to do it, the more attracted we are to it. Um, In the beginning, we're just walking by something. We're just looking at it. Maybe it's catching our eye, something that's not of God. But then the more we do that, then all of a sudden we might stop and stand in it. So you see, we've gone from just walking by it and looking at it to now we're standing. We've stopped, right? And now we're, we're truly indulging in it and really, you know, really looking into it, really, you know, starting to partake of it. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers. Walk stand, or sit. We see the progression here. In the beginning, we're walking, we're just taking notice of it, but we're entertaining it. And then the more we've done that, then we'll stand. We've stopped walking and now we're standing and we're fully indulging in it. And with these people and their ungodly ideas and ungodly thoughts, forgive us, Lord Jesus, Because then it's not long before we've just sit down and we've given ourselves fully over to it. We're fully entertaining, whatever this is. There may be patterns in your life today. Where are you today in any aspect of ungodliness? Anything that the word of God says to be wrong. Maybe it's, uh, you know, it it could be ungodliness in various forms. It could be lying. It could be stealing. It could be... Uh, lust. It could be gossip. Where are you today? Are you walking in it? Are you standing in it? Or have you fully given yourself over and you're just sitting down indulging in some ungodly behavior? Father, whatever these ways are, we ask you to reveal them to us today, Lord. And whatever ways we're just beginning to walk in in certain aspects of sin, or if we've already started to stand in it, Lord, or even if we're all the way at the place of sitting in it, Lord, we ask you to reveal it to us now, Lord. Help us to repent this day, Father, of any aspects, Lord, of ungodliness, of sinful behavior, sinful thoughts, sinful words, sinful deeds, whether we be walking in them, or if we've moved to standing in them, or if we've fully given ourselves over to sitting down and and indulging in it, having a meal in whatever the the sinful behavior is. Father, help us this day in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Now, the key to get out of this, whatever the pattern of sin we may be living in, is in verse 2. You notice this man does not walk, stand, or sit. Doesn't walk in the counsel of the wicked, doesn't stand in the way of sinners, or he won't sit in the seat of mockers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. But his delight is in the word of God. The law of the Lord here means the word of God, means his Bible. What is your delight in today? What do you delight in? Father, what do we delight in? Show us today what our delight is in. And whatever your delight is in, there is nothing that you delight in, that will be more profitable to you than if you'll begin 
to increasingly spend time in your Bible and grow and mature to where your delight is in the Bible. For most of us, our delight are in our hobbies. Um, we delight in maybe certain television shows. We delight in certain hobbies. We delight in certain games. Um, we may delight in you know our time in Facebook or Instagram or, or social media. But this man's delight is in the Bible. If you can get to a point in your life where you truly delight in the Bible, your life will take on a power and a joy and a meaning and a fruitfulness that, that you would not think possible. This man has grown to where he doesn't want to walk around and listen to the counsel of, of gossip of, of just uh, of ungodly people. He doesn't stand around with sinful people just saying sinful things and doing sinful things. And he certainly doesn't sit in the seat of mockers. But he spends time in his Bible. And it says, And on his law he meditates day and night. When it's light and when it's dark, he is thinking about the Scriptures. He's thinking about the Bible. He's opening in his Bible and he's meditating on the Word of God. Remember, the Bible is the Word of God. Um, the scriptures are God's word. So when you meditate on the scriptures, you're actually thinking about and consuming and feeding yourself the very words of God Almighty. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, we ask you to help us today to begin to delight less in everything else of this world and to delight more and more in the word of God. If you will spend time increasingly, beginning the day, ask Jesus to help you to spend more time in your Bible, to have a greater desire for your Bible. Now, whether we desire it or not, very few of us really desire to spend time in the Bible night and day, when it's light and when it's dark. If you will begin a habit of spending time in your Bible today, if you're not reading your Bible, if you've never done it, begin today. Open up to the New Testaments. Go ahead and start in the book of Matthew and read a chapter today. Read a chapter each day of your Bible. Read Matthew 1 today, Matthew 2 tomorrow, Matthew 3 the next day. When you're through with Matthew, start in Mark. When you're through with Mark, go to Luke. When you're through with Luke, go to John. When you're through to John, go to Acts. When you're done with Acts, go to Romans, and so on and so forth, all the way through the New Testament. Now, perhaps you can do two chapters a day. Start today and do a chapter starting in Matthew and then do it in the Old Testament. Do Genesis 1 today, Genesis 2 tomorrow. Um, when you finish Genesis, go to Exodus. So do two chapters a day. One chapter in the Old Testament, one chapter in the New Testament. Do that as a discipline. What I mean by discipline is discipline is what you do when you don't feel like it, right? Now, if you feel like doing more, thank you, Lord Jesus. Keep rolling. If you want to do five chapters today, go ahead and do it. But read the Word of God. Begin to delight in the Word of God. Begin to study the Word of God. Do a chapter in the Old Testament, a chapter in the New Testament. Feeding your spirit in the Word of God. And when you read it, think about it. Meditate on it. Chew on it. Get the nutrients from it. Jesus said that, that man does not live by bread alone but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. You don't live on physical sustenance alone, 
But men and women live on the nutrients that come from the word of God, the sustenance that comes from the word of God. It feeds your spirit. It gives you life and power and meaning. Verse 2, but his delight is in the law of the Lord and the word of God and on his law and on the Bible and on the scriptures, he meditates day and night. When it's light and day, he's thinking about the scriptures, turning them over in his mind. Begin this habit today. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So not only read the scriptures, but think about each verse as you read it. If you will begin this lifestyle, if you look in verse 1 and verse 2, you look at the lifestyle of the man of what he does not do in verse 1. He does not walk, stand, or sit entertaining worldly and ungodly things. But on the contrary, what he does do is he spends time in his Bible night and day. When it's light and when it's day, when he wakes up and when he goes to sleep, he's spending time in the word of God. Look at the results in verse 3. If you will make this your life, you will have the results of verse 3. It says, He is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. Golly, thank you, Lord Jesus. I'm going to read that again. He is like a tree planted by by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither, whatever he does prospers. Wow. Thank you, Lord. It says first that if you'll make this your lifestyle, you will be like a tree that's planted by streams of water. What is a tree like when it's planted when it's rooted by streams of water. There's a picture here of an individual that's always refreshed, right? The water is always flowing over the tree. It's always, it's always refreshing the tree. The water is giving life to the tree. The water is cleansing the tree. It says he is like a tree. So you will be like a tree. I will be like a tree. Planted, rooted, right by streams of water. The, the water is always cleansing us. It's always purifying us. It's giving us life. It's giving us energy. Uh, it's refreshing us. Wouldn't it be nice to be like that? Wouldn't it be nice to be consistently just refreshed and alive and cleansed and purified? He is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season. If you will avoid walking, standing, and sitting in the way of wicked, sinful mockers, of just, of just people who do not have a lifestyle of walking with Jesus, if you'll avoid just consistently spending time with them, I'm not talking about in your work, I'm not talking about being around them, I'm just talking about consistent socialization in ungodly ways right? Entertaining ungodly things. If you will begin to walk away from those things, but in turn, truly spend time in your Bible night and day, you'll begin to meditate on the word of God. You will not only be like a tree planted by streams of water, but you'll yield your fruit in season. You will do what you were created to do. 
This tree was created to bear fruit. In John 15, Jesus said, I have called you to bear fruit, fruit that will last. You will yield your fruit in season. You will bear fruit for Jesus. You'll bear fruit for the kingdom of God. If you will do these simple things that this psalm is laying out here, that the Bible is laying out here, you will be a fruitful disciple of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord Jesus. It also says, in whose leaf does not wither. What is a withered leaf like? It's old, it's crumply, it's dead, it's blown here and there. But it says, if this will be your lifestyle, meditating on the word of God day and night, it says your leaf won't wither. You'll always remain green. You'll remain full of life. You won't always be worn out. You won't be blown around here and there by, by every thought, every wind, every anxiety. It says your leaf won't wither. You'll, you'll remain alive and full and joyful. You won't be tired and withered and overwhelmed all the time. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Help us, Lord, to be men and women like this. And finally, the end of verse 3, whatever he does prospers. Think about those four words. Whatever he does prospers. Whatever she does prospers. Whatever you do will be blessed if you will follow this simple outline in Psalm 1, verses 1 and 2. If your lifestyle will follow the verse 1 and 2, verse 3 will be yours. It will be yours. I can testify, I've seen it in my life, that when I labor to be a man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, which is to say, again, if I walk by and there are people, whether they're Christians or not, and they're indulged in gossip, and there's just all kinds of uh, profanity and things like that. I don't stop by and you know yell at them, but you just don't. You just you don't pay any attention to it. You continue to go your own way, right? Or you don't stand in the way of sinners. Again, remember there is a progression here. That the more you do it, the easier it gets to do it. You go from walking in it to now you're willing to just stand. You've stopped. You're not just walking by and listening. Now you're standing in it and not walking away, and then eventually you're just sitting in it and partaking in it. But if you'll begin to take on a lifestyle, well, slowly you begin to do these things less and less. But most importantly, you begin to spend time in your Bible. Now, the more you do verse 2, the less you'll do verse 1. Let me say that again. The more you do verse 2, the more you'll spend time in the Word of God. The more you grow to delight in the Word of God, the less you'll delight in walking in the counsel of the wicked, standing in the way of sinners, or sitting in the seat of mockers. We tend to delight oftentimes in worldly and ungodly things. Forgive us, Father. But if you'll spend more time in your Bible, truly meditating on your Bible, meditating on the Scriptures, verse 1 will begin to fall off of you. The more you do two, the less you'll do one. It'll happen as a matter of course. The more you spend time with Jesus, the less you're going to want the things of this world. And, and the key is to repent. I see areas of my life that almost daily I need to repent of, and I find that I'm not, I'm not living up to the standard that Jesus would have to me, oftentimes in my thoughts, and sometimes it moves into my words, or even in my deeds. Forgive me, Father. Help us to spend more time in our Bible. 
Determine today you're going to spend more time in your Bible and you will begin to more and more be like a tree that's planted by streams of water that's always refreshed and always cleansed, always purified, always alive. You will yield your fruit in season. You will do what Jesus has created you to do. Your leaf won't wither. You won't be tired and worn out. You won't be blown here and there by every by, by anxiety and fear, frustration, irritation. You won't be dried up like a withered leaf. Whatever you do will prosper. You will begin to see everything you do in this life will be blessed. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Wow. Whatever he does prospers. Whatever you do, whatever you put your hand to will have the blessing of Jesus on it. If we're rational Christians today, we ought to run to this. We ought to run to this clearly laid out pattern of life. This, this, this very simple pattern in verse 1 and 2 will lead to these immense blessings in verse 3. Verse 4, not so the wicked. They're like chaff that the wind blows away. Simply again, when it says the wicked here, it's speaking about all unbelievers. Or sometimes us as Christians can act in a, in a wicked way. As Christians, if we've given ourselves over to walking in the counsel of the wicked, standing in the way of sinners, or sitting in the seat of mockers, we will be like chaff that the wind blows away. We'll be blown here and there. And many of us remember seasons in our life where we're like that, where every little thing, you know, causes us to be frustrated and may cause us to be fearful and may cause us just to, just to be off, to be anxious, Right? We're like chaff that the wind blows away. Repent of that today over any areas of our life where we can just see ungodliness or sinfulness. Just repent today. Ask the Lord to forgive you. Father, forgive us just for areas, Lord, where we are, where we are walking in the counsel of the wicked or standing in the way of sinners or sitting in the seat of mockers. Forgive us, Father, where we have not delighted in the Bible, but our delight is in the things of this world. Father, we don't want to be like chaff that the wind blows away. We don't want our leaf to wither. Help us, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Verse 5, Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. A genuine disciple of Jesus Christ will not remain in ungodly behaviors. It doesn't mean a disciple will never fall, will never make mistakes. Uh, though a righteous man falls seven times, he'll rise again. The, the reason we rise again is because we repent. One of the biggest keys in our life, one of the biggest tools in our toolbox as Christian believers, as disciples of Jesus, is that we can repent. When, we have, when we've had a pattern of ungodly thoughts, when we haven't just been thinking in a godly way, when we've, when we've spoken ungodly words or done ungodly deeds, we can repent. We can repent and go to Jesus and say, forgive me, Lord Jesus, and, and help me, Lord, to, to not behave that way, not to think that way, not to speak that way. It says, though, if, you, if this is the pattern of your whole life, there's a good possibility you're not saved. If the pattern of your whole life is walking around in the counsel of the wicked, just gossiping, saying ungodly things, and then moving from that to standing in the way of sinful people, just consistently doing things that the Bible says not to do, or sitting in the seat of mockers. Now you've just gotten comfortable and you sit there and you indulge in it yourself. 
you're probably not saved. You're not born again. If this is the, the pattern of your life, you want to come and ask Jesus to come into your heart, a new and afresh. If you've never done it, then stop right now and pray, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I ask you to be the Lord of my life. Forgive me of my sin, Lord. Bring me to heaven when I die. I place all my faith, my hope, my confidence and trust in you alone to save me, Lord Jesus, and to be my everlasting Lord and God. Jesus, it's in your name I pray. Pray that sincerely. Pray it meaningfully. This says the wicked will not stand in the judgment. A judgment is coming. The scriptures make it clear that there are two judgments in the Bible. A judgment for non-believers who have never received Jesus as their Savior and a judgment for believers. We will both face a judgment. If you have not received Jesus, you will not stand. The wicked will not stand in the judgment. Only those who have received Jesus Christ will even be at the judgment with believers. It's called the judgment seat of Christ. It's in 2 Corinthians 5. Nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. There are two groups of people throughout the Bible. The sheep and the goats. Either you're in Adam or you're in Christ. The Bible either calls you a sinner or it calls you righteous. If, it, if this in sinners here... It's referring to those who have not received Jesus Christ as their Savior, therefore their sins are not forgiven. The righteous here, this is referring to imputed righteousness. The righteous are those who have received Jesus Christ. And when we receive Jesus Christ, the Bible says that his perfect righteous life is credited to us or imputed to us. So now when the Lord looks at us, from a salvation point of view, he sees us as righteous, as sinless. That exchange is the heart of the Christian gospel. When we come to Jesus, there is an exchange. When you ask Jesus to come into your heart and to be the Lord of your life and to forgive you of your sin, all of your sin, past, present, and future, is credited to Christ at the cross and his perfect righteous life. The righteous life he actually lived for 33 and a half years is credited to you. And you are counted righteous by God from a salvation point of view. Now, we have a responsibility to live a lifestyle of righteousness. You're not saved by living a righteous lifestyle. But we are called to live a righteous lifestyle. Not to get saved, but because we are saved. And the more righteous we live, the closer and more intimate we will be with God the deeper our relationship will be, the more we will experience him. You don't earn his love by living a righteous lifestyle, but you will better experience his love by living a righteous lifestyle. But now when this says sinners will not stand in the assembly of the righteous, again, if you have not received Jesus Christ, if you have not been forgiven of your sin, rewind this tape and sincerely pray that prayer that you heard me pray and your sins will be forgiven, and you will be counted righteous in Jesus Christ through what Jesus has done. His righteous life will be credited to you, again, from a salvation point of view. You'll be saved. You'll go to heaven. Now, once we've received Jesus as our Savior, we're called to live a righteous life. That's a different use of the word righteous. That's lifestyle righteousness. Here in verse 5, we're talking about imputed righteousness. 
the righteousness we receive from God, a one-time credit to our account when we are counted righteous before God for all time through what Jesus has done. And by receiving Jesus, we're it's called imputed righteousness. So I've gone on and on there, um, but it's an important distinction. Verse 6, for the Lord watches over the way of the righteous. Now this is referring to both, I believe. But the way of the wicked will perish. Again, if you consistently live in the pattern of verse 1, all unbelievers live in the pattern of verse 1 whether they know it or not. If you have not received Jesus as your Savior, whether you believe it or not, you consistently walk in the counsel of the wicked. You stand in the way of sinners and you sit in the seat of mockers. Now, even as a believer in Jesus Christ, you can have this pattern. And many do, most do. They have it way more than they should. I have it. Now, I labor to repent. I generally don't move into where I'm standing in it or sitting in it because I try to repent quickly. And as believers, that's what we ought to do. It says here, for the Lord watches over the way of the righteous. Again, number one, those who have the righteousness of Christ. But number two, those who labor and try to live a righteous lifestyle. Those who try to do what's right in everything. A definition for the word righteous when it refers to lifestyle righteous would be someone who in everything, a man or woman who takes the time in everything to think about what's right so they can do what's right simply because it's right. That's a person who's laboring in lifestyle righteousness. In everything they do, they want to think about what's right. They stop and think about what's the right thing to do. What would Jesus have me to do? They think about what's right for the purpose so that they can do what's right for no other reason but because it's right. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous. The Lord will watch over your life if, number one, you've received Jesus as your Savior and you have his righteous life credited to you, but number two, that you really labor to live a righteous lifestyle and you repent where you have not lived a righteous lifestyle. It says, but the way of the wicked will perish. It says the way of the wicked will perish. The wicked will perish themselves. If you have not received Jesus as your Savior, you're an unbeliever. The Bible regrettably calls you wicked. I don't like it, but that's what it says. Those who have not received Jesus as their Savior, the scripture refers to as the wicked. Their sins have not been forgiven. They will perish for eternal life, spending eternity in hell. But it says the way of the wicked will perish. When we walk in ungodly ways, those ways will perish as well. Anything that's not of Jesus, anything that's not of God, anything that's not of the word of God, any ungodly thoughts, any worldly habits, anything that's of sin will ultimately perish. In the final day, when there's a new heaven and there's a new earth, the Bible says there will be no sin anymore. Ultimately, all of the ways, whether you're a believer or an unbeliever, that are ungodly will perish. Father, we thank you for the word of God. We thank you that the Lord watches over the way of the righteous. Father, we ask you to help us as disciples of Jesus Christ to live a lifestyle of righteousness today. Help us in all that we do to take the time to think about what's right so we can do what's right simply because it's right, Lord. Lord, if we haven't received you as our Savior, if anyone hasn't received you, Lord, 
may they do so now, that they may become one with you, that they may become one with Jesus, that, that they may be saved and have their sins forgiven through Jesus Christ our Lord. Father, we ask you to help us. Help us this day to repent of any ways that we've walked in the counsel of wicked, walked in the counsel of the wicked, or moved on to standing in the way of sinners, or, or even gotten to the place where we've been sitting in the seat of mockers. And help us not only to repent of that, Father, but but to turn and to begin to delight in the Word of God. Help us to spend more time in our Bible today, Father. Not only reading it, help us to read it, Father. Help us to meditate on it. Help us to think about it, Father. And above all, help us to obey the Word of God. And Father, we thank you that we believe by faith that you have given your Word. God has given his Word to us. You have said right here in verse 3, that if we will do that, we will be like a tree planted by streams of water. We'll yield our fruit in season. Our leaf will not wither. Whatever we do, we'll prosper. Father, help us this day to prosper as we walk out these verses in Psalm 1, 1 and 2, all the days of our lives, beginning today. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this teaching from Kingdom Discipleship. For more information about our ministry, please visit www.kingdomd.org.